You ever watch a movie that you think is based on a true story, but end up finding out it's a complete work of fiction? Well, we're talking about one because we're talking movies. We're talking Emily the Criminal starring Aubrey Plaza, Theo Rossi, and Bernardo Badili, written and directed by John Patton Ford. Yusuf, are you fucking her? Well, at least one of us is getting something out of this. I think you picked like the only good quote, and I don't even know if that was great, but I got nothing. That's what she said. Everybody and welcome to this week's episode of How'd You Like That Movie? And this is not some golden oldie from our first season. We are literally back in real time, or actually in delayed time, because you're listening to this on a Thursday and we're recording on a Sunday. Uh, we're going to be talking about the 2022 film, Emily the Criminal. And as we always do, Scott, take it away. All right. It's good to be back, you know, since... You had to take those mental health days because of Germany's performance. <laughs> um, hey, uh, how did, how, whoa, whoa, whoa. So uh, how was, was Morocco, say, buddy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's really good to have, you know, every single Argentinian ref <laughs> be, be on every single situation in the Portugal game. It's you know? almost like somebody wants morocco to play or another lower ranked team to play against argentina mm. it, it was it was it was a tale of two stories one game had like what 17 cards flashed the other one had one yeah <laughs> so <laughs> there you go uh, listen i don't want to actually take, hold on though on that i don't want to actually take it morocco has played really brilliantly br- brilliantly uh during this world cup uh, and yes, uh, outside of the, the shenanigans at the, during the Portugal game, uh, I, I'm really happy for them and their fans that they, you know, get to keep moving. I think this is the farthest Morocco's ever gotten in a world cup. So, oh, yeah. uh, you it's know, a, kudos to them. It's and a record breaking performance. Good, good on them. Uh, maybe the German team should go learn something from the Moroccans. Cause clearly we don't want to play fucking football anymore. So, <laughs> <laughs> so now <laughs> back to your regularly scheduled program. <laughs> so in terms of this movie um one i thought the performances were great in this film that like each person like no one dropped the ball i thought in terms of casting and what was presented they did great even craig lick steve who was creepy as fuck when he showed up. <laughs> like he 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 had his role. I'm pretty sure they probably just found some guy off the street and like you're it. Yes. Right? You're it. <laughs> but uh I enjoyed the film. And this film in terms of um independent spirit awards are really blowing up like every every category they they have a nod. They have well, a nod for Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, they have a, a nod for best lead. They have a nod for best supporting. Uh, they have the nod for the best screenplay. First and first, oh, first screenplay. First best screenplay. first screenplay, correct, and best first feature. Which isn't bad. <laughs> and they got a nod at the uh, Gotham Awards for lead performance. They didn't win, but uh, I mean, I, I expect something to come out of the Independent Spirit Awards. I'm going to guess best lead is probably... But 
I think she's actually going up against Kate Blanchett for Tar. So it's going to be tough. And that's for which category? Or which but, uh, for that will be for the Indie Spirit Awards. Uh, okay. I mean, again, I'd have to look at the category or who's in for best first feature. Um, so as a first feature, uh, I think it's fine. I think that this uh, film definitely is not a great film to watch overall. Uh, and, and we'll get into that. So were you... Were you excited to watch this film going into it? Like, what what was your knowledge of uh, Emily the Criminal going in? Yeah, like, I've seen it over social media. Uh, and it was popping up on, I guess, my related to or what I've searched to uh, nod. So I was it was going to be a film that I was going to watch um, for sure this year, especially for our year-end um, awards, right, to see what we thought was the best films being released. So this was on my list to watch. Um, I enjoyed it, right? Like it wasn't, it wasn't anything that was, um, what's the word? Like, like you know, groundbreaking like, or, you yeah, know, didn't really shake but, you to your core in any fashion. Yeah. Like, it, it, and that's the thing. Like at one point I did after the film, like check, be like, is this based on a true story? Like, because it does seem like it, it, it was very grounded into reality. So I could see this being like, like, um, what's the one that came out on Amazon Prime, like Sugar, the yeah, one yeah. about the two Canadian influencers who ended up being like fucking cocaine smugglers, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, like I could see, I could see this in terms of that, um, or at least like heavily based on like realistic subject uh, subject matter or something like that. Yeah, and which, who knows, it could have been, and they just don't want to, you know, that could have been how he financed this film. Who knows, but... Uh, so he did, so it's ri- written and directed by John Patton Ford. Uh, really, the only work he's done before this is his short film, Patrol, which you can actually see on, on YouTube if you just Google it. It's good. He did it uh, when he was at the American Film Institute, uh, I believe it went to Sundance as well. And so I, I had read some interviews with him. And so he was like, okay, great. Like he's got a short film. He's gone to Sundance. Now things are going to fucking pop off. And this is 2010, right? Like he's going to be this hot director. Nothing. Like he did have a bunch of stuff that was like close. Like he was almost like he was just finishing pre-production and financing was falling through. And so, and so he was just like, sort of like, to be honest, sort of like me, like still just grinding it out. And grinding it out. And he wrote Emily the Criminal just kind of like over a period of time. And it, uh, it, it, it was like, that's why it's so much later in his career. And to your point, he took some of the subject matter from the fact that he like lives in Los Angeles and, and that type of stuff. So, um, but I do want to actually talk about some of this stuff. So, okay. First off, uh, the wait, wait, are you doing like spoilers for the like? No, if you're doing no, spoilers, I'm still not yeah. gonna like really spoil stuff. I mean, we can talk about some overarching narratives that exist in this film. So first mm-hmm. off, listen, I don't live in Los Angeles, I don't know, but I do know that in the film world, typically, our our main baddie or or criminal uh, enterpriser, <laughs> we tend to try to not to do the cliche brown immigrant guy who's running the fucking scam well we, we do try and maybe like get away from that it, it can be a bit uh uh unless again it's a true story but even then you can change that up uh so i found that i was like oh really oh we're, we're doing that narrative um uh, the possible like jacking by the 
black guys. Also, I was like, I mean, yes, I know you're going to say, but but there was a white guy who did some robbing. And I'm like, sure. It just felt like the stuff that had like a whole lot of narrative built around it was a bit mm, 20, like 2000. Like we, we try to not just, you know, pigeonhole people of color into like being criminals. But again, I'm not from Los Angeles. If you're from LA, maybe you're watching, you're like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. That's how, that's how things go down. Um, the other thing I had a bit of an issue with is the, I, I'm watching this thing. I'm like, this is written by a dude. This is clearly written by a dude. And it was, cause it was written by the director and John, you can, just so you know, you can write a strong female protagonist that doesn't have to have a fucking, like, love story built into it or a sex story built into it. You can just... Oh, okay, it. I'm going to... Go, go, I'm go, go. I'm going to interject there because I don't think there was. You don't think there was what? Story. A love story there. Well, there was definitely a relationship sex story, some version. Yeah, but I think that was, in my opinion, in terms of the narrative, that was just her you know getting to the next level like building trust because if you look no, at it, he's showing up to no, fucking no. parties and st- get the fuck no, no, out of here i, I hear what yeah, you're saying yeah. like using her but, body as a tool to climb some type of ladder yeah but look after every time they fucked right there was only two scenes that it was like the after effect she literally it shows her rolling over and it's like pretty much eyes of disgust that he's still in the fucking bed like ah oh, fuck Okay, now I got to deal with this shit in the morning. But I thought, see, I took it more as like, because remember, so definitely there's one, she has a job interview, right? So like to her, she's still trying to like, I don't think the sex is part of like getting higher up in that criminal organization. I think it's just more like sex happened, but I also have life happening and I, I'm trying to do that. And does that actually happen? Sure. But I think Audrey Plaza plays a great role. She's, uh, you know, for the most part, supposed to be like a regular person put into like kind of extra- extraordinary circumstance, sort of like a John McClane, you know, like I, I don't have super skills or anything like that. Um, I think that story is stronger without the like, oh, and look, oh, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to fall, fall in love with the Because <laughs> even at the end when that, like, there was no tear shed, it was just like, fuck, now I'm grabbing this money and going. Again, I think yeah. So that 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 I that is done to try and show a certain amount of realism. It's not her like long term partner. It's not a Bonnie and Clyde kind of situation. But I would have just taken away that whole like even the fact that there's even ambiguity. The fact that like two of us can watch a film and see like different divergence on on an issue like that. Again, in 2023, this idea of a male writer writing a female protagonist and sticking in a fucking shitty whether it's a love interest or sex interest. Just take it out because it's it it doesn't do enough to move the story forward to risk the ambiguity that is that exists like just even in our conversation right now. That's my yeah. opinion on the matter. So, yeah, like in terms. Of, All right, of and the... so that was a great show. No, go ahead, Scott. <laughs> I was gonna say in terms of like dialogue written, I did like the interaction between her and uh, Gina Gershon. Yeah, which I, that was like, fucking to me, dope. Like to me. That I, I was thinking, like, knowing that he's the one that wrote it, it was probably, like, an interaction he had with probably trying to get on to a set or a job. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get you on, right? But now you're an intern. And he's like, am I getting paid, right? <laughs> thing. And it's just yeah, like, intern use usually that. it's like, oh, usually when I hear intern, it means I'm not getting any money. So it's interesting. So Ger, Ger, is it Gershwin or Gerwin? I never know how to say her last name. Uh, Scott? I said Gina Gershon. So yeah, yeah I sure. Said, okay. Yeah. I Gina. said neither one of your. your the reason Gina's even in the movie is because Audrey Plaza is a producer, because that's like like 
John Ford doesn't have those connections, but Audrey mm-hmm. does. Right. So she was like, Hey, you want to come be in this cool movie? And I thought I do. I, I love that interaction because you can see the power dynamics shifting. Like, so Audrey is the character is like, she's very, very much interested in that job and she's going along and going along. And then she gets that kind of like, are you fucking serious? And just, she responds how we all hope we would be able to respond. You know what I mean? Because it was bullshit. (laughs) It was, and like that whole, like, well, you know, this is a competitive job. She's just like, fuck you. Like, fuck you. Um, So there's kind of three points in that film that hit on like a a zeitgeist. And like, for those that don't know the break, the rough definition of a zeitgeist is like something current, something happening that's very relevant. Right. So there is the idea of the unpaid intern. There is the, Oh, you don't work for us. You're a gig worker. Henceforth, you're a subcontractor. And oh, the independent contractor. Yeah, and especially like yeah, you have no whatever. rights. Basically, go talk to your union steward. All right, fuck you. You don't have one. Um, oh, I guess four because I mean they kind of loosely touch about unions as well. Uh, as well, the idea, especially in the United States, the like bazillion dollars in fucking student loans that people have, and just like how she pays her student, and they're like, what do you mean? What do you mean? It didn't go against the principal, and they're like, oh, that's just your interest payment of four hundred dollars a month or whatever. So. Uh, they hit those kind of points. And that is why this film actually got a lot of traction in the media. I mean, and it's Audrey Potts. And I think, I think she's becoming such like, I've always liked her. She's always a bit zany, but she's gotten older and she's actually become a very seasoned actor. And I love it. I think she does great work. Uh, I watched her film black bear, which is a bit out there. Very interesting, very well shot. Um, But it's, again, you're starting to see her move and become, more of a leading lady, but like an offbeat leading lady, which is great. Uh, but on the topic of Zeitgeist and kind of like why this film got traction. So my quote this week, uh, I didn't have one at the top of the show, but so Kyle Smith from the Wall Street Journal said, file Emily the criminal criminal in the category under bad films that earn credit for reflecting the Zeitgeist. And I mean, I wouldn't say it's bad. But it's kind of like, meh, it's fine. It's lukewarm. I wouldn't really recommend it to someone unless they're, like, I rented mine so we could do it for the show. Just wait for this fucking thing to come out because you may or may not want to finish it. It showed up on Netflix three days later. Yeah, exactly, right? Of course it did. And then we delayed our show. Um, so if it hadn't had those three or four zeitgeisty kind of principles, it would have just been, I mean, it might've got a bit of hype because Audrey Plass is in it and she's a producer, but it probably would have died a bit of a still, stillborn death. You know what I mean? Like it wouldn't have gone anywhere. So any traction it's getting uh, in on the video on demand and stuff is because of those comments on, well, go ahead. I was going to say like, um, I, I'm going to respectfully disagree. Um, Listen, if you're not like, going to agree right... with me, why are we even doing a show together? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i know like i kind of feel like sometimes i'm audrey plaza and you're gina gershon like when you brought this whole thing together like yeah you're just gonna be here you're gonna say like four things and i'm taking over be like but but i'm i'm a host like like your name's there but it's not like <laughs> like you're not important. a real host you're just like <laughs> yeah, so but... that people don't think it's a... uh no our intern is uh is tyler <laughs> and technically rod <laughs> yeah 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 we actually, half this show is run by interns so uh be good to your interns or your show won't happen so but and make sure you well, break their union 
yeah, like right now, the show, I believe in the States, is trending number two in Netflix as the most watched movie. Um, and this, what, what this film kind of reminded me of, and I know you're going to disagree with me, is this is the kind of movie kind of like old school Boondock Saints, where you miss it in theaters, but it starts to gain traction in in like so like back in our developing day like a cult been... following like or do you yeah, not, not are you it... not elevating it quite to cult status it won't i don't think it'll be cult but i think it will be one of those ones that people and, and it is what's happening right now like people are catching it like on a whim on netflix like especially now with netflix like they're catching it on netflix and watching it and enough people are watching it that they're enjoying it and i do think that's going to help in terms of word of mouth and stuff like that now I think it will project this John Patton Ford. Uh, but my only criticism of this is like, I don't know why, but like, you don't need three names, man. That just reminds me of serial, kill- serial killers. It's like, just <laughs> you could just be John Ford, man. Just be John Ford <laughs> or Patton Ford if you want. It doesn't matter. But um, I think it's going to get him more work. And I think her production company... Um, it, it, it gives credence to it because I think this is their first feature, if I'm not mistaken. I, w- I think egg. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they do have a animated show that's on FX that she's producing as well, that Little Demon or whatever it is. Oh, okay. But it, I think it, it helps in terms of that. Like this could be the start of her own Plan B, right? Well, I mean, it had a two million dollar budget, and actually, I think they were they did very well with two million dollars. Like, all, you know, they, they were shooting in Los Angeles. I think they had some shooting days in Mexico as well. Uh, so from a producer standpoint, they did a great job with their small budget, which I think is one of the reasons you have that best feature, best first feature at the Indie Experience Awards nod. And it, it could win. Like I said, I'd have to see who else is in that classification. Uh, but you're right. Like those bonafides. If, so like I said, budget of two million, box office two million. I didn't feel like there was a ton of advertising. So with video on demand, they're probably at least going to break even. They might even make a little bit of De Niro. Uh, but it got lots of conversation. Like, it's got a 94% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes and a 79 from the audience. Not bad. Definitely not bad numbers at all. Uh, you know, as a producer, that's those are some solid. And as a director, those are good bona fides. You could do a lot worse. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's no unsolicited, but come on. I mean, the unsolicited just fucking took all the awards to the point that mm. the writer, director, producer stood on the stage like he had won some type of battle royal in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, I it was it was fine. It, it was fine. Uh, the the DOP Jeff Bierman he mostly he mostly does music videos and shorts. Which I think is always great. Um, the idea that you can just kind of keep a little bit of working. I know a lot of DOPs, the DOP, for example, Fong, who's going to be working on my next film with me. He's mostly like works in commercial. And so that keeps the bread and butter coming in. But because of that, he's able to give me like a screaming deal on camera equipment and his time. Because he's got like the job that pays the big money. And then sort of like I have a regular job that pays regular money. And then I can then use that and my executive producer, Nuno Ferrero, to Ferrera to make my next film. Um, and so seeing people come out of shorts, seeing people coming out of uh, commercials, uh, it's good. You don't actually have to work in the, like, film, like the big film industry to still be in the film industry. 
I know. Like with you, Scott, you sell insurance and you're like, you've been in two movies. So yeah, I know. And I haven't gotten paid e- either one. And then I, <laughs> you I actually honestly, paid, I, you paid money. You paid your own money to be in a movie. So for, for, to help you out. I know. Yeah. Uh, that's the thing. Like, uh, like I paid money to I be see, in that movie too, though. So, and, and then I see like posts from some random fucker just saying, Hey, I'm doing another movie and it's $200 a day at no point. It's like, fuck Scott, like you, you've helped me out twice. I'm just gonna give you this one role so you can have two hundred dollars oh, a day. Do do you do you typically play forty five to fifty five? Do you play a fifty? Listen, year I can old man? I can whiten this beer a little bit more. I can whiten it. Hey man, if you are not to turn this into a like a casting <laughs> session, but listen, if you want to audition, you I will send you the sides. You're more than welcome to audition. I will totally let you audition. <laughs> I will send it to you. But back to the film that we're I actually talking. I just want the two hundred a day. <laughs> you just want the money. <laughs> Want the money. <laughs> uh, do you actually? I mean, this is, I know we're back. You people are probably expecting like that deep cut, but I mean, there's there's not a lot to deep cut on this film. Um, no, it, it is. It's not a, I'm not going to say it's a paint by numbers, but it is. Yeah, it's definitely your of, standard three act structure. Like, there's no big twists or turns, in my opinion. Like, you kind of know roughly she's going to get into some illegal shit right from the trailer, right? Like, that's kind of Emily the criminal. Um, Oh, I guess they talked about that, sorry. Because she has kind of like a really minor criminal record, how that's affecting her ability to get jobs. So I guess that would be the fourth or maybe fifth zeitgeisty type of thing. Like some things that you do, you're just 18, you have a little shoplifting or a little assault or something, and now you can't get a fucking job that has health benefits in the U.S. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, like that was another interesting like interview thing she had in which they're, they said, oh, like, you know, we don't do background checks, but do you have anything? And she was kind of forward. Like I did have this. They're like, Oh no, we did do a background check and we know it's this. Like, why the fuck did you <laughs> like try to trick? We want to see if you're like... honest. It's like, fuck yeah. you, man. Nobody wants to bring that shit up. Yeah. But yeah, like I enjoyed it. Like it does leave room if they ever did want to make a sequel. Right. Like they technically could. I de- So that ending. So I almost felt like, and I'm not going to spoil anything, but you know what I'm talking about. It almost feels like there was two endings. <laughs> there's the ending that should have happened. And then there's the ending that happens at the end. And I'm like, that ending at the end, I would have gotten rid of. And again, I feel like you're exactly right. They're like, look, I'm not suggesting I'm going to make a sequel. But if I did, this is how I do it. You know what I mean? It was like the, you know, Peter Jackson, Return of the King, like where it had seven endings. This yes. one only had two. <laughs> it's just like just the case. <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, were you happy with the the running time? It was like ninety minutes. That's kind of a yeah. It was spot. fine. Like, like you can't go I any longer point. with this film. I don't think you can expand it any further. No, you could have made it like Heat. You could have, this could have been like fucking Heat style credit card fod. Yeah, with, yeah. There's so much, so many machine guns in a in a credit card fraud. You know what I mean? You never know, man. Fucking Al Pacino be like, they're in front of us. They got us. Whatever. Hey, speaking but of, I, hold on, hold on. So, speaking of that, when she engages in the car situation, why did she stop? Why did she stop? I'm like, what are you doing? Like, fucking get out of there and keep driving. So there was also some like little hiccups in the film. I'm like, yeah, you're just doing that because you're like, I don't know how to fucking. I need to create conflict, and so I need to make the character do something that no fucking sane regular person would do. Also, at the Wait, end... which car uh, scenario are you talking about? The BMW. There's two. Well, the BMW one. Okay, okay, okay. Where it's like, drive out of the lot, and then stop. And then, 
and just stop right when you turn. Yeah. That and when they like go to do the big raid and it's like, all you've got is a stun gun. I'm like, are you fucking, it's again, I love when American movies, the, the United States has like more guns than any country in the history of fucking mankind. And in movies when people can't seem to find a fucking firearm, I'm like, really? <laughs> like, you're not in Japan. Like you're not in a country that's hard to get guns. It's the U S like you could probably open your window and be like, I need a gun. And then someone throws you a gun. I wouldn't know, but sure. Um, no, I th- I thought the, the movie's fine. I do recommend it. I do think people should watch it because it is, um, it is entertaining for the ninety minutes, right? And especially like, it's an original film, right? Like, it's not a remake of something. It's not a it's sequel not Marvel, of something. It's not, uh, yeah, IP. Yeah, driven. like, like just get like, you know, spend ninety minutes and watch an original movie, right? Where you don't really know, like, you get to go on the journey with people. You don't really know ahead of time what's going to happen, right? Because this could be the start of Emily, the godmother, right? Like, she can <laughs> she can all of a sudden end up in the Corleone family. And, and right? like, part three, it'll fucking suck. You know what I mean? She goes uh, up against the Catholic Church. She's like, fuck it, let's do this. <laughs> uh, I So I, I really like uh, Audrey. It's it's kind of the last time you see, like, the like truly insane uh audrey plaza that we you kind of know from like parts of parks and rec and stuff like that uh ingrid goes west that is a film i definitely recommend about kind of like instagram and influencing and like wanting to be in someone's social circle and how you're willing to do whatever it takes to be it that's a fucking intense movie man definitely watch that one uh i would suggest watching black bear for the cinematography i really am not 100 percent sure what the fucking point of the movie was um and this one, eh, sure. I mean, it's on Netflix. Go watch it if you want. Or don't. Like, it's it's fine. But I would also recommend, if you're looking at her, like, if you want to spend an Audrey Plaza weekend, uh, what's the one with uh, Little Hours, right? Yes. Where oh, shit. I totally forgot about Little With the nuns? Yes. Yeah. Definitely watch that one. And fuck it. You know what? You might as well go, like, all weekend, hang out in a plaza all weekend, child's play. The remake, 2019. I don't even know if it's good, but she's in it, so. Yeah, don't watch that one. Oh, don't watch that one. Okay. Don't watch that one. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, so we've recommended three. <laughs> Scott's recommended four. Uh, we've mentioned five. Uh, oh, actually, you know, if you like kind of like raw stuff, her she she's great in Dirty Grandpa. And I know people that love Dirty Grandpa. Uh, she, actually, on the topic of Dirty Grandpa. So here she is working with Robert De Niro. And she was so intense and in character. It freaked out De Niro, like taxi driver, Travis Bickle, De Niro. <laughs> like, he was like, what is up with this lady? You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, again, I'm going to give her a fucking kudos just for fucking freaking out De Niro. And that is our wrap for the day. Please like and subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. If you want to get a hold of us, reach us at the www.howdyoulikethatmovie.com. If I knew that was going to be the ending, my inflection would have been in a different spot. It wouldn't have been like, I'll give it up to De Niro. It would have been like, and I give it up. 
to De Niro or whatever. Scott, <laughs> you just stop talking. What happened the last actually live episode? You just kept on going. I'm like, man, I'm like, you're you're about to go through her whole filmography and and fucking Chris Pratt. Let's give it up to Chris Pratt because he was in something with her. I'm like, Audrey Plaza at her Christmas concert in grade six, blowing it away. <laughs> oh, Dave Franco. <laughs> I don't even know if they went to school together, but fuck, sounds like they would have. Production by Rod Shaver, Vader Monkey Productions.